Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name Badger probably comes from the French word Bécher, meaning digger. Welcome along. It is another edition of the Cricket Badger podcast, the England against India Test Match Dailies. We didn't have to wait long to do this one. It was wrapped up very quickly on day four at Headingley. England following very nicely indeed. And India may be guilty a little bit. Some poor batsmanship at times. I am joined today by two of my fan badges, Knuckle Pandey and Mark Hilton. Let's start with you, Knuckle. I know you've been on duty for guerrilla cricket this morning. And I was expecting, I've kind of said a lot during this week about the fact that uh, Henry tends to get flatter. It's um, not necessarily a bowler's paradise on days three and four. I was expecting India to make a better fist of it today. After all of that hard work yesterday, they seem to throw that in the bin today. Yeah, it all happened very quickly once it started happening, once once Pujara uh, left that delivery from Robinson. I, it will be said yesterday, India did really well to come through yesterday, losing only the two wickets um, and with, with big gaps between them as well. There were more false shots. I know that there were, I know it's much longer innings, but there were, in terms of the density of false shots, it was very similar to the first innings. It was the first innings where really that, that first mad hour and a half lost India the test match. You don't recover very often from 78 all out. Um, uh, and then, you know, that, that period where every good ball or every average ball took the edge and every edge went to hand. Yesterday, India got a little bit of luck and batted very well. I think today, again, I think Rob, Ollie Robinson was superb today, uh, getting the ball to, to, to yep. chag off that really awkward length that he, uh, that he can bowl. He can bowl that a little bit fuller and still get that bit of bounce because of his, uh, because of his height. Uh, and I don't think India batted. Uh, Punt was a bit frenetic today, uh, but I don't think the rest of them batted um, badly, per se. I don't think it was... Uh, I don't think you would necessarily say that India threw it away per se. So, I mean, I think doing putting the blame on the second innings, I think, would be to uh, to overlook the the, the catastrophe and the, and how well England got on top in that first innings, and then and then with the bat as uh, as well. 
278 all out though after being 215 for two overnight mark in indy would have expected more than that wouldn't they yeah i mean yesterday obviously as nakia said they did well to only lose two wickets there was there were quite a lot of balls balls missing playing and missing yesterday so you could argue that they got a little bit lucky but um yeah i mean this morning they would have expected to at least bat about a, you know, 70 another 70 or 80 overs with eight wickets less than two two batsmen set and Coley looking better than he has done in previous innings in this series. But, um, but so, so as Nackle said, as soon as Pajara got out, uh, England were on the money. They, they, they bowled really well. I thought Robinson was excellent. They didn't really they didn't really bowl anything loose or let the batsman get settled. And it's quite difficult coming in as a new batter. So, yeah, they would have expected more. But, I mean, sometimes, I think sometimes when you get these matches where you're massively behind and you've been bowled out cheaply in the first innings, you can do well for a period. But, you know, you get a new ball, a few wickets, and it just suddenly all falls flat again, and you don't recover from the from the initial kind of devastation, as Nakul indicated. Nakul, India will be really happy with the fact that Pajara got runs in this Test match. That's important for them moving further forward into the series. I felt as well today, Virat Kohli, he had a really tough first half an hour. He's not in sparkling form at the moment. That's been well talked about, but... Um, I just thought he started to look a little bit more balanced and started to look as if he was hitting the ball a little bit sweeter and then got out. And uh, that's uh, what Test cricket can do sometimes. But Virat is in need of runs, isn't he? He is. I mean, he's made some very useful contributions in his in his long gap now between between Test hundreds. Uh, he uh, thought his his hundred in the first inning of the Boxing Day Test match was was an excellent excellent hundred. Sorry, Adelaide, not the Boxing Day Test match. And he he scored some good runs uh, as well uh, when when England toured toured India. And he looked. Decent today. Uh, he's not in in his be- in the best of form. He is having to to fight and to battle. He's good enough to to, to do that. But uh, and he he's scoring runs where you know a lesser player in in a similar technical quandary wouldn't be able to uh, wouldn't be able to get through. And I I still think that there is a big score coming coming from him. And he it was a curious one because he started to look as you say really comfortable. Robinson had over pitched a couple of times in that over and had been very sweetly uh, first clipped uh, clipped through mid wicket and then punched. Down the ground to take him two and then and then beyond and then beyond fifty. But it, I wouldn't attach too much blame to him for the for the dismissal per per se. I think there were some dismissal, there were some deliveries that uh, that he missed. I think that he was more culpable of, of of fencing at and playing those sort of half defensive strokes to balls that aren't going to hit the stumps. But the, the ball that got him was a good delivery. It was uh, just that, just back of a length, uh, just dragged his length back a little bit, and he had to play at it really. Maybe you could say maybe play with. With, with hard hands or, or, or whatever, but uh, that, that that happens, and he uh, and he he was well um, he was well got out by by Ollie Robinson, who I think was magnificent in that in that spell this morning. Bold eight overs on the trot to, to take his to take his four wickets and put pay to any any thoughts of Indian uh, Indian heroics. Uh, Virat Kohli is, is battling. Uh, lots been talked about his you know his, his technique and how he's gone a little bit more back to uh, to pushing more balls outside off stump, and now he's just opened his shoulder up a little bit and his uh, and things aren't quite aligned properly but similar to, to Pujara and similar to Rahane in the in the in the first test match I think Rahane I think looked fairly comfortable today until he got out and that was the best I've seen Pujara bat in terms of his command over what he was trying to do for a long time so that there are it's very I don't I don't know if positives is taking positives from today because from this test match I think this is one of those test matches that you try and forget about as quickly as possible but uh, but there were it wasn't a complete write-off for for India in that sense. Um, and the, the, the slight worry about they've got to get Ishan Sharma back aligned because that was the worst he's bowled in about seven years. But again, I think you can. There's I think there's a more to be gained in a sense from 
from writing this off and going and refreshing and not thinking about cricket for a day or two. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Ollie Robinson, Mark, as Knuckle just said, exceptional today. Five wickets in that second innings, bowled well in the first innings as well. He's bowled well in every test he's played so far. He's played four and he's been good throughout. Man of the match, um, though, at Headingley, which will probably feel quite sweet to him. I mean, he was released by Yorkshire. He was immature at the time. Some some behaviour I'm sure he looks back on and, and regrets a little bit. Worked very, very hard, though, on his game at Sussex. Has forced his way into international rec- you know, recognition and forced the selector's hand with a volume of wickets for Sussex. And he's pretty much written his own plane ticket, hasn't he, for this winter's Ashes series. He's, he's been terrific. Yeah, he looks natural for Test Match cricket. Um, he just, you know, he just looks a natural Test Match bowler. He's got, um, you know, he's just he's just about quick enough. He can, but, you know, his pace sometimes goes down during the day, but he's, he's quick enough. He moves the ball, he bowls an immaculate length. I mean, a lot of people have compared him to Joss Hazelwood, which is a big compliment. And I had my doubt. I mean, I had my doubts about him simply because, um, not doubts, but I just wondered if he could step up. He has taken a lot of wickets for Sussex, but he has been bowling predominantly in the second division. So he's always that doubt about, you know, the value of those wickets moving up to test. So this, this is the value of the conference, Mark. We don't have that discussion anymore. Well, that's, that's you know, that's true to a large degree. But I, I mean... He, he just looks a class act. I think you know he looks a class bowler. So yes, he has written his, you know, he has written, he has got his plane ticket to Australia without a doubt. Um, he looks as though he could take over the kind of Anderson mantle eventually, uh, even though he's twenty seven when Jimmy starts winding down a bit, which at some point he's going to have to do. Uh, who knows when? But he, he just looks like an incredibly consistent bowler. He will just come out and do it day after day. You know what you're going to get with him. So, um, so England have definitely found one there. Knuckle, Joe Root, a lot of criticism about his captaincy after Lords. Um, that win, though, at Headingley's, his 27th as England captain, that breaks the record. That's the most wins that any England captain has got. And I was watching him closely. I was on commentary today as well and um, to see how he would cope with the tail because that was the problem at Lords, wasn't it? To try and wipe the tail off. They've done that twice at Headingley. Um, I did think he got a little bit defensive when Jadeja was opening his shoulders a little bit, but they started a cushion there. But as it proved, in the end, Craig Overton got Jadeja with a, a good ball outside of Stump that got him to nick off. And a good ball to Jadeja or Coley is a good ball to Shammy and, and Bumra kind of thing, isn't it? But um, Jerry will take a lot from that, won't he, to that England have regrouped and come back and levelled the series. And it sets the series up beautifully now. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's a curious, uh, considering all the the doom and gloom and considering how beaten and broken England looked towards the end of, of Lords, you know, the start of day five at Lords, England were in 
a stronger position and we're thinking about winning that game and it uh, keep talking about it, but how bizarre that that period was because it, you know one bowling getting a bit carried away is whatever but the rest of the team getting carried away on his behalf as it were it wasn't anderson wasn't bowling bounces it was like the rest of the team were trying to say you know don't you know don't shout at our dad uh it was, it was very very weird uh, and then they you know maybe the break could have benefited them a little bit and they just went back to basic test match bowling as it were top of off and and, and see what happens. It is easier, of course, when you're in a very strong position. You know, in both in both innings in this, with a, when the tail have come in, you know, colla- everything collapsing in a heap in the first innings, and then a nearly impossible rear guard with uh, with the ball uh, uh, with wickets falling and the tail and the uh, and the top order uh, falling at, falling in a heap. It, it is a different it is a different scenario to the strong but still but not but, but kind of halfway house position that they found themselves in. Um, at, at Lords, but they, I, I think that um, they, they bowled well enough, and that's all they had to do with the, uh, with the with the tail today. You know, it shouldn't be remembered, it shouldn't be forgotten. Rather, how you know how how poor Boomer and Chummy and, and the rest are with the with the bat, despite their heroics at, at Lords, and how you know they have worked very hard on their batting with the with the bat, with the Indian batting coach Rickham Rathod over the over the winter, but they were starting from a very very low base. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's exactly it, isn't it? It's a low bar that they they, they set off from. And I, I saw Jasper Bummer's interview with Dinesh Kartik that was on Sky, I think, yesterday, and he was saying that you know they are really working hard. They they recognise the importance of lower order runs, but they've only got a, a fairly minimal kind of starting base from, haven't they? The likes of Jasper Bummer. Yeah, uh, they they have no record of all at all to speak of. And Mohammed Shami's got two Test match fifties, one of which was on one of the flattest pitches of all time. At- uh, at Trent Bridge, and the other one was that very important one at Lords. Um, just read Boomer scored one and a half times his career run tally in that innings, and then Ishan Sharma is a decent blocker. Mohammad Siraj is it, it tries to back away to leg every every time. Uh, mm. Of those, you know, only really Ishan Sharma would would be considered to maybe even bat nine in in most in most test attacks. They've gone with the the attack that they think is best to get them twenty wickets, and you know it worked really well at Trent Bridge and at, and at Lords. I think they bowled poorly. Certainly, Ishan Sharma looked hopelessly off rhythm. It's the worst I've seen in bowling many, many years in in that first innings. And Siraj was a little bit all over the place. On a good batting track, you know, that's not, you know, there were some clatters of wickets, but this was by and large a good batting pitch. That little drop below their standards, or a big drop in a chance case, was enough to let in- England, who were on a on a high in India coming into it, so a little bit shell-shocked and the game plan's already gone out of the window. All of those factors, combined with the fact that Root is in the form of his life, meant that in England were able to Turn a turn a very good position into a basically near unlosable one. I heard a few people talking, including some of my guerrilla cricket colleagues, that England maybe left eighty runs out there with a lower order. But but really, I know everyone panicked a little bit, and and but India had to do supremely well to get themselves into a position where saving the game was even a possibility to start. They, they, they needed five hundred and twenty at the very least, didn't they, in that second innings, and uh, obviously fell a lot short of that. You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Mark, I mean, Jimmy Anderson's a, a player you, you know well from your Lancashire um, support. I, I read George DeBell's piece on Crick Info, always excellent, and uh, his yesterday was, was terrific. And he was talking about Jimmy Anderson, obviously he's now 39, and about his last 14 test matches and the disparity between his first innings and second innings performances in the last 14 tests that he's played. Um, he averages, or he did, Prior to the wicket today, average um, 66.6 for 
for five wickets in the second innings in those 14 tests. He averaged, um, had 40 wickets, an average of 17.3 in the first innings of those 14 tests. My, my take on that is that often Eng- England don't bat very well in between, do they? So he never gets any chance to put his feet up. And he's 39, gets a bit stiff and maybe comes out a little bit tired in that second innings. But it's quite a disparity, that, isn't it? You'd expect a fast bowler to maybe even average lower in the second innings because it tends to be the, the second inning scores are lower. Quite surprised by that. I mean, you're right. In some of the test matches, he hasn't got his chance to get his feet up. And quite often, he wouldn't have been up against it in the second innings. And, and maybe... He's, circumstances have conspired against him. Um, do we read a lot into it? Should they? I mean, I don't know. It's. Um, I think it just might be one of those oddities. I mean, Andy Caddick had a similar strange record as well. About This was reversed though, wasn't it? Second innings was better, wasn't it? Yeah, second innings was better and he couldn't get any wickets in the first inning. So, sometimes sometimes it can work like that for bowlers in a, in a, in a stretch of time. I think you saw today, I mean, if you saw Anderson today, he bowled a lot of overs yesterday and obviously in the first innings. He bowled supremely well today, so there was nothing wrong with his bowling today. And um, actually, his, the pressure of his bowling, you could argue, set it up nicely for Robinson to get the wickets. Um, and that's what happens, Mark, isn't it? You, you, you bowl as a pair, or you bowl as a group of bowlers. One day, a bowler from one end might not get the look he deserves and the other bowler all capitalised. And over a period of time, certainly over 165 test matches, that that levels itself out, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think Anderson bowled well enough today. Uh, maybe you read the article from George last night. I thought he'd go out there and have something to prove. But um, but he is 39. I mean, you, you could argue that, you know, as a 39-year-old, it's very difficult to sustain to sustain it through both innings and he needs more rotation, he needs more help from his batsmen. He isn't 26 anymore. You know, we talk about how athletes these days can go on a lot longer, but you know, he is bowling fast or medium fast for long periods on hot days in test match cricket. So it's not easy for him. But I'll tell you what though, there's, there's a lot of 21-year-olds out there that are trying to become pacemen that would take Jimmy Anderson's current performance as their as, as their peak, wouldn't they? They're, you know, he's, he's certainly not going downhill rapidly. Is uh, Jimmy he's still a terrific performer? Let's um, get to uh, India, Knuckle. Um I mean, I was critical yesterday of Joss Butler. I think his recent run in England's team has been quite poor. Let's park that for a second. I don't want to make every podcast about Joss Butler. Richard Pant. Um, though in this series, his keeping has been okay. But after a terrific recent run for India, his batting is, yeah, I'm expecting, I'm I'm kind of waiting for him to come out and play one of those explosive knocks or play vintage pant. He's been really all at sea today. His dismissal today was a ball he should have left alone. That was on probably eighth stump and he chased after it with hard hands. He's not delivering, is he? I mean, th- there is an argument to say that with somebody of his kind of mercurial talent, you've got to take the the fallow periods with the with the excellent periods as as well. But India will be looking for him to provide a little bit more in Test matches four and five. It's kind of a question of degree with Rishabh Pant. I mean, he's been frenetic in this series to start to start with. He's got some starts, but he's you know he's been looking to to advance at Anderson in particular, and he's been um, he's been looking like he really wants to. Uh, to to score and and that's that's fine but you know it's a question of, uh, of of degree as I say in those innings in Australia he was fairly orthodox for the first uh, sections of, of those and I think he is it's, it might be a case of it seems odd to think that Richard Punt wouldn't have faith in himself but I think he's a good enough player to absorb a few periods batting normally and then and then uh, he's got a range of stroke that few others can can match I think he, he 
I think it might just be a case of just calming down a, a little bit and, and, and trusting yourself. It's not as though, you know, he's, it's not as though he gets beaten defensively a lot or that he, you know, can't keep out the good balls because he can. He's a properly good um, sort of middle order batter in, in, yeah. and uh, potentially even better than that and, and can be devastating when he gets going. I think in, in dismissals in both innings, uh, yes, in very difficult circumstances, but he, he, you know, got a bit frenetic and he was poking at balls that he should have either been leaving or really trying to smash uh, through the through or over the offside. And and they've looked quite ugly. He has not looked his assured and calm uh, best self in, in, in this series. Would you would you swap Jadeja and Pant around in that batting order and take Jadeja to six and Pant down to seven? I think it's much of a muchness, to be honest. And but Jadeja's looked far more organised, hasn't he, defensively? I don't think Panthers look bad defensively. Is the fact that he keeps going at deliveries that uh, the wide ones. I mean, it, it's just a case of, um, as I say, it's a question of degree. I think Ponte is easily good enough to bat bat number six in in in, in this in this test team or many or, or many test teams. I guess it depends how much bowling you want Jadeja to do. Um, you know, I think at the Oval and Old Trafford. You know, I know I've said this a few times during this series, and you know, Virat Kohli is still um, being very sort of non-committal on it, as you'd expect in a press conference. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ashwin. Does come in for one of the one of the seam bowlers, and then and then you're expecting Jadeja to do a bit more bowling. So um, so so Pant and Jadeja and, and Ashwin at six, seven, and eight, I think is is perfectly fine. I wouldn't, I don't think that's a pressing consideration for India right now. Mark, the um, I mean, I, I think they will bring Ashwin in to the team for the the final two Test matches at the Oval, which is next up, and then Old Trafford uh, for Test match number five. Obviously, that reduces the seam attack, but it also lengthens their tail. I mean, we talked a lot about their tail. They had that day out at Lords, where they um, showed they could, with a bit of luck, get a few runs. But that tail of eight, nine, ten, and eleven is very weak in Test cricket. Bringing Ashwin in at number eight at least does mitigate that a tad. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'd be, I'd be amazed if Ashwin doesn't play at the Oval. Uh, the, the forecast again is for dry weather this week in London. Reasonably warm. We know the old was a good pitch. We know, uh, we know he's most of what say this year for Surrey. I mean, I have still been. I know that India have won a Test match, but you know, I've been very surprised he, he didn't play this Test match. For example, he's he's a great bowler in all conditions. He gives you control. He gives you attack. You know, you, you might only have three seamers, but you can bowl him. You can probably bowl Ashwin all day if you needed to. That's that type of bowler. So, um, I'd be absolutely. Astonished if he didn't if he didn't play it in the next test match. And as you say, he should he should be batting at eight. The the eight, nine, ten jack of India are poor. I mean, Lords will probably just one of those weird aberrations which will never happen again. I mean, it's a combination of a bit of luck in England bowling, losing their heads, as Michael pointed out, is a very weird hour, but I can't see that ever repeating itself. Um so Ashwin has to play. At, at the Oval, I think, and he has to play instead of Shant, uh, Shant, because Shant, for whatever reason, has looked short of a gallop, doesn't look in rhythm, and, um, you know, the, the series is 1-1 now. I don't think you can take a risk on him in the next Test match. The other three deserve the places in the side above him, and I would bring Ashwin back at number eight. And actually, I would actually agree with you. I think, I don't know, I think Pants have been frenetic, He's running down the pitch. He obviously doesn't... I don't think he trusts his technique in English conditions too much. I think Jadeja has played better than him in these conditions and I've got Jadeja at six and I've put Pants at seven because at the moment he's not looking like a top six captain. I'm going to clip out that little bit where I say I actually, where you say I actually agree with you because that doesn't get said very often by you on here. 
Jacob and I sent the badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Let's um, look ahead to the the, uh, the fourth test match. Um, there is a little bit of doubt about Joss Butler. Obviously, the birth of his second child is is around the corner. I think Joe Root said after today's game, we're going to have to kind of wait and see what happens with that. If Joss isn't available, Knuckle, how would who would you give the gloves to in the uh, fourth test? I mean, the obvious move is to, is to give Johnny Bairstow the gloves and drop him down the order and then bring in, presumably, Dan Lawrence into the... Or maybe Ollie Pope, actually, probably in the, in the middle order. Pope, we understand, would have probably played at Lords had he not been... Uh, had he been fit, so that might well be how they go. Is they'll move, they'll move, um, move Bersto down, uh, down to six and give uh, and give him the gloves and bring in bring in Ollie Pope would be the the most obvious uh, move. Um, so I think that's a fairly a fairly easy rejig for for England. I'm not again. I'm not saying that Josh Butler is a world beater, but neither am I in the position that he needs to be needs to be dropped and has been a failure at Test level. I just don't think the the the, day, the evidence bears that out. But if he's that uh, he's going to be with his uh, be with his wife at the birth of his child. That's in, that's entirely fine, and that, that's and I'm glad we're in a position where uh, well, male cricketers feel that that's the right thing to do because it is. Um, I think the only other change that I would see making is presuming that Chris Wokes is fit. We've seen him back in second team action. We saw him back in the blast for uh, for the Birmingham Bears yesterday. That he would come in for uh, for Sam Curran. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with both of those, and uh, wish you well, Joss, for the birth of your second child around the corner, whenever that may be. Mark, um, any other any changes for you for England other than the two that Knuckle mentioned? I mean, you very rarely change a winning side. You'd imagine they'd stick with the same formula, wouldn't they? Where they can. Yeah, I think first, though, if, if Butler does miss this Test match, and it is a but if he misses it, we'll take the gloves. But then we get back into the, the never-ending debate, then don't we about? Bairstow then has the gloves or Butler come back and it seems to be a merry-go-round in terms of that. Um, personally, I'd keep Bairstow at five and give him the gloves anyway. He's batting at five and I don't think it would make any difference to him if he bats at five or six and has the gloves, to be honest with you. I wouldn't move him about again. Um, yes, they'd probably bring Polk back in because he's the next cab off the rank. And they're consistent in terms of the selections, um, in terms of how they go forward. They're not going to pluck anybody out of county cricket. Wokes, if he's fit enough, then I'd definitely bring him back for Curran because, of, you know, I've said it before on the podcast, and you look at his stats and George's article indicated it yesterday. For me, he's not really a test match cricketer at the moment. He's a white ball cricketer. And Wokes is a far superior bowler and a far superior batsman. Oh, I should just say one other change. At this, I know Craig Overton bowled quite well, particularly at the tail today, and gives you some lower order runs. But the oval has been for the last few years a very slow pitch. Uh, you don't get as much seam movement as you do at, even at Headingley. And I would be really tempted to bring Saki Mahmood in instead of Craig Overton um, because he's someone who is quick enough who can take the pitch out of the equation. And I, 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 was I worry gonna, I was about that. The, a little bit pop gun on a, on a yeah. slow pitch. And something else, Mark, is that the chances are that Saki's going to go to Australia. He could be a a weapon for England in the Ashes series. You'd want to see him play a test match of this series, wouldn't you, rather than blood him in, a, in an Ashes test? I mean, I know this, this series is a high standard. It's probably a higher standard than the Ashes might be, but yeah. the Ashes brings pressures of its own, doesn't it? Well, we've been saying all series, and I've been certainly saying all series, that we need to get him in at some point. I thought, I mean, I said on the podcast, the other night, the Conservatives' charge would be called with Alderson. As it, as it happens, it's worked out, and Alderson has... Has bowled well. 
I think it'd be very difficult to leave Overton out at, at the Oval now because he's both so well in this game. And he's been on the fringes of the side for a long time as well. Um, so he, feel, he will feel now he deserves a run. And you've got to think about those balances of how you treat the players and how they would react to it in terms of that. But yeah, they've got to try somehow to get them in the movie test match before before the Ashes. But I don't really see how they can do. They might they might wait until Old Trafford, where it will probably be a very abrasive pitch, where it probably will reverse swing. Um, they may feel is probably something that they could gamble on putting him in up there. Uh, particularly as he knows Old Trafford so well. I think the other thing that goes against him in terms of playing next Thursday is they have got an extra two days rest and they haven't exactly exerted themselves on Saturday morning, have they? So the, the, the bowlers should be relatively fresh. I mean, they could bring Mahmood in for Curran next week instead of uh, Walt because he hasn't played that much cricket and take a chance on Overton at eight and Robertson at nine, which... To me, is perfectly acceptable. Looking back at eight and nine, that would be the option that I would probably go with, rather than risk Wolves. Um, but they probably will bring Wolves back. But if you want to get him in next week, then the obvious thing is bring him in for Curran. But are they brave enough to do that and trust the batting yet? Who knows? But certainly, Overton. I've seen Overton get runs in counter cricket. Is a good enough bat player to bat eight. Robinson's good enough at nine. You know, if you can't, if you're nine batsmen, nine. Batsmen all rounders can't get runs, then you should be expecting ten and eleven to. I felt a lot more comfortable watching Hasi Pamid opening and David Milan coming in at number three. I'm sure there'll be fallow days ahead where there are failures ahead as well, because nobody is successful all the time unless you call Joe Root or Steve Smith in a in a certain year. But um, it does look a stronger lineup for England, I think, with the, that top three as it stands. Um, let's finish off, chaps. Um, one apiece, three matches gone. This was a series I was really looking forward to. Um, India coming to England. India are a fantastic side. Uh, and there is the leveller of the English conditions and the sea movement and the and the overheads and all of that kind of stuff, which has levelled it off a little bit. And obviously with the likes of Anderson in those conditions, they are a major threat to the Indian top order, but with two test matches to play, with one apiece, Knuckle, it's mouthwatering, isn't it? Old Trafford, the Oval next, brilliant. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And the, the series between England and India in the, the, the 2018 series was a superb series, even if it ended up being a very uh, lopsided looking, looking scorecard. And these are, um, this is, I, I, I say this as someone who's been saying this for the last three or four, so you know, this is the best Indian team to ever toured England. Probably the best Indian, in fact, scratch that, definitely the best Indian test team uh, ever and best te- Indian test squad uh, ever. And, it, and it's a testament to how difficult it is in England and how good Anderson and Root are that, uh, that England have been able to keep level tagging with them uh, throughout this series. Um, I, was, I don't think India, I think India had a really poor test match, to, certainly first day and a half or two days of the test match uh, today uh, and in, in this test match. I don't think they'll be... Uh, so poor again in this in this series. So uh, I think it's it's very very well set up uh, for for two potentially mouth watering test matches on two you know one pitch that is often quite slow and Old Trafford, which along with Headingley is uh, probably the best cricket wicket in the country. Mark, you've been telling us that you've had a bet on India to win this series. Um, you've promised us all. I think was it a free holiday somewhere very sunny? I think all of the badges yeah. going to come away with you. Um, are you still confident you're going to be taking us on that plane? Yeah, well, on the plane, we could go sunny. We got ourselves at Keys for a few days in the microclimate of uh, Manchester. 
around the canal. But um, yeah, I'm still sticking to India. I'm still sticking to India. I think they had a bad test match here. As Naples said, it was a crazy first morning. That's where it was won and lost. I'm still saying that India had a better all-round side. Um, however, if if they do not pick Ashwin in this test match at the Oval and they stick with this same formula, it could be a different story. So my advice to Mr Coley would, you know, show some flexibility, put trust in the best spin bowler in the world, um, who can bowl in all conditions, who England will not want to face, I can assure you of that. And um, and I think if he does that, extends his batting order, they've got the weapons to beat England. Um, but if they stick with this formula, then he puts it he puts it at risk because they've got a long tail, and um, I think the oval will be flat. Well, I know Virat Kohli tunes in and he hangs on your every word, so I'm sure he'll take note of what you've just said there. We on that introduction that I did for this uh, series of podcasts. Can England win on home soil? Can Jeroots England win on home soil? Can Virat Kohli um, conquer, conquer in this country? I, I both of those are big question marks, still, aren't they? Because we don't know, and that's the beauty of Test cricket. We've got two terrific Test matches ahead, and I cannot wait. Uh, we are back for well, going to go daily all the way through now. Obviously, looking ahead now to the four test match at the Oval. Two terrific sides going at each other, hammer and tongs. And who knows? You just can't make a prediction, I don't think, in this series with any degree of confidence because you're never quite sure what's going to happen. Knuckle and Mark, thank you very much indeed today for joining me. I have been James the Cricket Badger, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.